0: Good morning. Our call to worship this morning is from Psalm 105. Hear God's word. Oh, give thanks to the Lord. Call upon his name. Make known his deeds among the peoples. Sing to him. Sing praises to him. Tell of all his wondrous works. Glory in his name. Let the hearts of those who seek the Lord rejoice. Seek the Lord and his strength Sink his presence continually. This is the word of the Lord, and we give thanks to God for it. Let me pray for us. O God, light of the hearts that see you, life of the souls that love you, strength of the thoughts that seek you. To turn from you is to fall. To turn to you is to arise To abide in you is to stand fast forever. Although we are unworthy to approach you or to ask anything at all of you, grant us your grace and blessing for the sake of Jesus Christ, our Redeemer. Amen. Well, good morning. Um, my name is Samuel. I'm uh, the associate pastor. Usually, if you've been tuning in, you're usually seeing Pastor Tommy. This last week, Pastor Tommy went on a cross-country trek. He was helping move one of his daughters, our very own Flannery, um, down from Washington all the way down to Alabama. And so they were doing that. And so um, I've been asked to step in and to do the sermon and do lead our worship for us today. So my name is Samuel. You'll notice things are a little different. Um, many of you already know, but for those of you that are joining us, our daughter um, had a heart transplant when she was very young and she's doing great, but um, she has a suppressed immune system. And so part of that means that we are sheltering in place harder uh, maybe than other people are, because we're in that high risk category. And so today, rather than having a crew in here and doing this streaming it live, uh, this has been pre recorded. Um, It was done in my living room. And so the audio is probably not as good. So I just want to apologize for that. But that being said, it does allow us to do some extra things that maybe we don't normally do um, online. And so we're going to share some of those things with you today as we do prayer of confession. I have a couple of videos during the sermon and things like that. But I just want to welcome you. I want to say thank you so much for being here this morning. I'm excited if you are one of the people that is watching this video later, but I'm even more excited and encouraged if you are one of the folks that are here right now live. And even though I pre-recorded this, I am live with you there in the chat. And so if you are here this morning, if you would just say hello, let us know that you are here, whether you're watching us on Facebook or YouTube. Um, as the book of Hebrews says, let us not neglect gathering together. And I know you might be thinking, hey, well, this isn't really gathering together. I'm not in the, in the same amount of space with the people that are also watching this. But if, if you stop and think about it, I was thinking about this the other day, that if you came to our sanctuary, which seats over 500-something people, there's a great probability that if you were on one side of the sanctuary— um, and another friend of yours was on the other side of the sanctuary. You might never see each other, and yet you were in worship together. There is something about this, and, and we could go into the theology of it, but there is something about the Lord's Day setting that time aside and for us to gather together all at the same time. And even though we are caring for one another and our neighbors by not meeting physically at our uh, our campus, We are gathering together at this time, and so I just want to thank you. It's so encouraging to us as pastors and to see your names popping up there, and I I hope some of you guys are doing that now. Uh, I do want to encourage you. Please let us know if we can pray for you, whether you are a believer or not a believer please submit those prayer requests. I'm gonna put a link right now into the live chat. You can click that link and just fill that out. Let us know if you want that anonymous, that's fine. Uh, But our staff is still gathering together every week. When we go through these prayer requests and we pray for you and your family. And today's sermon is actually focused on prayer. And so I hope that you will take an opportunity to let us know how we can pray for you and your family, your friends, your community, and the places that you live, work, and play. The other is if you're not up to date, if you're not getting information, if you feel like you are uh, feeling isolated, please let me know. Uh, we have an e-newsletter that's going out on a weekly basis. If you're not getting that, please email me. My personal email is tommy at newhopekent.org. Just kidding. It is samuel at org. If I can add you to a newsletter, if you just want a pastor to talk to, please don't hesitate to email me. Get in touch. We can schedule a one-on-one Zoom. Um, we want to be here for you. We want to stay connected during this time. The other thing I wanted to announce is many of you know that um, I was hired here as the associate pastor, and part of that role was, was specifically not to do with youth ministry. Um, we had a youth director at the time, and we are currently looking for a youth director. Uh, but in the meantime, I have been able to spend a lot of time with our youth. And so this Sunday, we wanted to celebrate our youth. We wanted to say uh, we love you guys. Um, We are so proud of you, especially um, right now what we're celebrating are these graduates. Um, And this is a graphic that we're going to share again later. And and we're putting together, those of us who are in the youth ministry leadership, we're putting together a a care package that we're going to deliver to your houses. But um, let me just say to you all who are seniors that are graduating, uh, I know you're going to be with us for another month or so on our online meetings, but... It has been amazingly refreshing. It has been a source of spiritual nourishment to be able to continue to gather with these students as time has gone on. I've gotten to know many of these in many ways. Jordan and I were able to do a uh, Moana video uh, together uh, in one of our youth groups. This girl over here, her name is Christina Harkness. Uh, She convinced me to shave part of my eyebrow um, it's supposed to be a cool thing to do where you put like a little, I, I can't quite see it. I think it's right here. Yeah. This shave, this one little part of my eyebrow right here, but instead I got carried away and, um, this was weeks ago and it still hasn't grown back. So there, if, for those of you that are very observant, that's why I'm missing part of my eyebrow. I've got stories for all of these kids, uh, especially the ones that have been consistently coming and participating in our youth ministries. Again, I just want to say, um, we love you we're so sorry. We lament the fact that you don't get these normal transitions that everyone else has gotten to celebrate. You missed out on your prom and your graduation and saying the goodbyes in person that is part of what it means to be human. And so we just very small gesture want to say we love you, we're very proud of you, and we know that you're going to do great things. And so let me just offer a prayer for those students um, as we recognize them. Our Father in heaven, we do pray your blessing over these students. We thank you for the influence and the part of our body that they have contributed as being a part of this congregation. We pray that as they go forward from here, you will bless them abundantly. We know that you have mighty plans for them as they go forward to represent you um, in the various places where they end up. God, may you pour out your spirit abundantly, May may you be tangible in their lives so that People that look at their lives, wherever they end up, can say that they've lived their lives in such a way that demands a gospel explanation, that they stand out as ambassadors of Christ. Father, bless them richly and abundantly with the power of your spirit, we pray in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen. And please say amen in the comments so I know that you're out there. I said amen, I'm sure. We're going to continue with our worship service, and usually one of the things we do in our worship service is um, a prayer of confession. And a prayer of confession is a time for us to recognize the places that we fall short. We began our worship service with the Word of God, recognizing that God always is the one that initiates with us. He is the one that initiates in our lives, and so we began by reading that Psalm. But as we approach God, as we enter into His presence together, Um, one of the things we do is we recognize how we've fallen short. Now, of course, this last week has been tumultuous, to say the least. And so rather than having um, a prayer of confession today, we're going to have a prayer of lament followed by a time of of silent confession for ourselves. And I want to read to you this letter that was sent to us as pastors from our denominational leadership. And this is a message from Tom Warner, He's the moderator of our General Assembly. If you're not Presbyterian, no worries. That's just the guy who is kind of moderating or uh, on the national level our denomination. And I just want to read this response to you and also to announce, and we've been announcing this, but to announce it to you now, about on June 8th, um, that our denomination and our church is calling everyone to a day of lament, fasting, and prayer. So this is from Tom Warner, our moderator. He says this, Recent events surrounding the wrongful deaths of Ahmad Arbery in Georgia, Breonna Taylor in Kentucky, and George Floyd in Minnesota demonstrate the persistence of severe racial injustices in the United States. The Evangelical Presbyterian Church, that's the denomination we belong to, laments the turmoil our nation is suffering as a result of these and other injustices and the hurt property loss, injury, and death that is visited on those who are responsible by their actions and those who are not responsible, but who are hurt as a consequence of sin. In times of national crisis and tragedy, the EPC turns to God and his word for direction and encouragement. Genesis 1.27 declares, God created man in his own image. As bearers of God's image, all people share in divine dignity and are equal before him. Racism is an abomination to God. It distorts, diminishes, defames, and destroys those whom God in his goodness created in his image. The idea or ideology that one race is superior to another is antithetical to the gospel of Jesus Christ. God's love in Jesus Christ casts out the fear that generates hatred. Christ's work on the cross has torn down the dividing walls of hostility and hatred so that we are no longer enemies of God and no longer enemies of one another. A key calling of the church of Jesus Christ is the ministry of reconciliation. The church looks forward to the day when believers from every nation, tribe, people, and language will join as one and celebrate the redeeming work of Jesus Christ together. Because of the clear testimony of God's word, the Evangelical Presbyterian Church unambiguously declares that racism in any form is an abomination to the God who created all races and is antithetical to the gospel of Jesus Christ. The Evangelical Presbyterian Church condemns racism and calls to repentance all individuals, groups, and structures that advocate it. In response, the national leadership team has called all members of our churches to a day of lament, fasting, and prayer on Monday, June 8th, 2020. I'm going to share a link to this full letter if you'd like to to read it again, but the invitation is for us to all join together, um, not just our denomination, but across lines that we might lament and pray and fast for the things that are going on. And so today, rather than having our prayer of confession, we are going to pray through some of the prayers of lament that have been given. And the way we do this is responsively. So what I will read this part that is non-bold and then you will read the section together and if you're at home with your family I, I encourage you maybe have your dad or whoever's the leader stand up and and lead this part together with your family. So I'm going to read the parts that are unbold and then together as a family at home or wherever you are read the bold parts with me as we lament together. We lament the pain and anger that has been unleashed with the deaths of George Floyd, Ahmaud Arbery, Breonna Taylor, and too many others. We lament the evil of racism that denies we are all created in the image of God and are precious and equal as his standard bearers. We lament the reality of racism, which has resulted in inequality and injustice in far too many communities. We lament the reality that while the ideal in the United States is that all enjoy equal treatment before the law, that ideal has fallen so short of becoming the standard for so many people. We lament the reality that while all should be treated with dignity and respect by law enforcement, in too many instances, people of color, especially African American men, are subject to violence and even death at the hands of those who have sworn an oath to never betray the public trust. We lament that in too many instances in history, The church has failed to understand and empathize with the deep seated pain, grief, and anger and confusion felt by the African American community. Now let us pause to confess silently, confess the places that we fall short in our own lives to God. amen friends the good news of Jesus Christ is that no matter who you were no matter who you are no matter what you've done that when we believe and trust in him and that we lay everything that we are broken and sinful that we are that we are completely and totally forgiven so friends hear the good news that in Jesus Christ you are forgiven amen And friends, I want to let you know there is more conversation from our church. Our session is meeting next week. Uh, Pastor Tommy is back in town now, and we will continue to discuss this and be in communication with you. For now, it's time to turn to God's Word for our message for today. And and today we continue our sermon series, Living Your Best Life, the Sermon on the Mount. Um, And today we're in passage uh, Matthew chapter 7, verses 7 through 11. And to kind of set the stage here for that passage before we jump into it, um, earlier in this series, Pastor Tommy preached in Matthew chapter 6, and it was talking about the Lord's Prayer. And the way that that passage begins is like this in Matthew chapter 6. Again, not our passage. going to get there in just a sec. But the Lord's Prayer passage in Matthew chapter 6 says this. Do not be like them. And it's talking about, those who are are not believers, who don't have a relationship with God, don't be like that. And this is the part, your father knows what you need before you ask him. Your father knows what you need before you ask him. And so then the rest of that passage is the Lord's prayer, our father in heaven, hallowed be your name. So that passage is talking about how your father in heaven knows what you need before you ask. Here is a way in which you can pray to him, Our passage today is kind of like the postscript. Our verses are saying, not only does your Father in heaven know, not only does God know what you're going to say, our passage says, the answer is certain. In other words, you don't have to worry or wonder, what is the way that God is going to respond to my prayer? You can have confidence that your prayer will be answered. And not only will it be answered, but it will be answered with goodness. In our passage today, the main takeaway is that prayer to a loving father, our loving father in heaven, is effective. The point is not that human persistence, if you keep on bugging God, that that he'll eventually answer and open the door. The the point is, is that our Heavenly Father, who loves his children, will certainly answer their prayer. And so our passage for today is just one chapter beyond this. It's in Matthew chapter 7, verses 7 through, I think it's 11. Let me read the whole passage for you, and then we'll go back on it, okay? And as we approach God's Word, let us go to him in prayer. Our Father in heaven, we ask that at this moment, though we are gathered together in 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 a strange way we join a great multitude of believers who have met in strange and diverse ways throughout the centuries you think about christians gathering in catacombs prisoners gathering together in roman cells people gathering in homes and now us in the midst of this to protect others lives gathering in our own homes and yet together still through the abilities and the things that you have shown us through technology. And so, Father, we ask now in this moment that you would open our ears, that you would help us to set aside any distractions this morning, but that we might focus completely and totally on you, and that you would, whatever is in me that is distracting, that you would cast all of that aside, and that you would speak through me in this moment, and that we might hear the words of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, as he teaches us today we pray these things in his mighty name. Amen. Again, this is Matthew chapter 7, verses 7 through 11. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. The one who seeks, finds. And to the one who knocks, it will be opened or which one of you if his son asks him for bread will give him a stone or if he asks for a fish will give him a serpent if you then who are evil know how to give God know how to give good gifts to your children how much more will your father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him this is the word of the Lord and we say thanks to God for his word today. So we're going to back up just a second and and look at this previous part of the passage. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. First point, this is a passage that is about prayer. Ask, seek, and knock. All of these words collectively refer to prayer. Uh, You see this show up over and over again in scripture. In fact, Right back here, when we were talking about it with the Lord's Prayer, what does it say? Ask Him. And then it goes into explaining how you ask with the Lord's Prayer. There are other passages, Matthew 18, verses 19 through 20. This is a very well-known passage. Jesus says, I say to you, if two of you agree on earth about anything, then ask. It will be done for them by my Father in heaven, for where two or three are gathered in my name, there am I among them. Matthew 21 whatever you ask in prayer you will receive if you have faith so number one this is a passage that is primarily in fact it's entirely about prayer it connects back to the Lord's Prayer and then these key words about asking and seeking and knocking are all about prayer the second thing we note is and this comes from studying like the original languages and things like that. But if you look at the verb tenses of those words, ask, seek, and not. They are in a special tense called the present imperative. and those of you that are English teachers can start chiming in right now, but basically what it what it is saying is something that is habitual, something that is iterative, something that is continuous. One way to to read that this is a translation that emphasizes that would be to say, keep on asking, keep on seeking, keep on knocking. The the next thing we kind of realize is that is that in each of these cases, there is a definitive answer. It's not keep on seeking and someday hopefully he will open the door. It's not keep on asking and hopefully by your persistence at some point, God will check in with you if, if it's a worthy prayer. No, there's A very clear correlation here that he is ready to answer. And then verse 8 stresses this readiness of your heavenly father to meet the needs of his children. The three promises that we see in response, so you have the ask, seek, and knock, and then you see the responses there, you will find, it will be opened. That's done in a passive tense that is usually used uh, with regards to the divine um, it's a divine way of it's called the divine passive which basically means this is talking about God, that he is ready and that it will be given ask and it will be given, seek and you will find knock and it will be opened to you and then he, just in case we did not get it Jesus repeats himself again everyone who asks, what happens to the people that are asking? They receive And what about the ones that are seeking? Well, they find. What about the ones who are knocking? It is opened. And to kind of help us understand, I mean, Jesus has laid it out pretty clearly here, is that we have a heavenly Father who cares for us deeply, and that if we but ask, and if we continually approach him, that he is guaranteed to respond, and to respond in goodness these next verses that we look at kind of illustrate for us um, and to help us understand this imagery um, and the radical nature of actually what what Jesus is teaching here and he teaches this in a a number of places and it's relating to God as our Heavenly Father. Um, Jesus calls him Abba. Um, We might call him Dad. So I want to kind of explain a little bit about how radical that is and so to do that I'm going to show you two Different video clips and it's kind of like um, when when you're sitting in the dentist's office uh, do you don't have to do that anymore but when you did and they had those little magazines in there with games and things and and I don't remember the name of them but when I was a kid they'd have like what's different between these two pictures so I'm gonna show you two video clips and one of them is um, is from a movie and and, and this is my disclaimer for, uh, that I always do, which is that um, I, I haven't seen this full movie and I am not promoting it. I don't, I don't know everything about it. But in this one clip, it does capture this ancient Near East concept of approaching the king. Because we believe and we know that our father in heaven, that God is the king of the universe. And we see this in scripture over and over again, this imagery of a throne room. And specifically, if you look in the Old Testament, the way the temple was designed, the way that the tabernacle was designed, it was like a throne room. And you had these inner rooms until you got to the Holy of Holies, which was the throne room of God. And not any regular Joe was allowed into the throne room of God. In fact, there's a legend. Again, I don't know the veracity of this, but it speaks to how important this was, was that when the high priest, who was the only one allowed into the Holy of Holies on the Day of Atonement, Um, that when he would go into that holy of holies to be in the very presence of God in the throne room before the king, that the fellow priests would tie a rope around the bottom of his leg. And the reason was is because in the presence of the king of the universe as a sinful human being, that there was a chance that you would make a mistake and that you would be struck down dead. And that way the other guys wouldn't have to come in there. They could just pull your body out. Um, I'm glad that things have changed. So this first scene is actually uh, based on the book of Esther. And in the book of Esther, it talks about this woman, Esther. I'm not going to go in the whole book of Esther, but she is approaching the king. And she knows that to approach a king without being summoned was a way in which you could be killed. You could be killed because it's an affront to the king to approach him without doing everything that is necessary in order to be able to approach him. So we're gonna watch this film clip first. <laughs> yes protocol has been broken down. so again this was kind of the idea or the concept of approaching a king it's a very serious matter Um, there's all sorts of rules and laws and regulations with approaching it now um, let me show you a video of someone else um, asking for something and approaching um, approaching someone in authority. What do you want? Snack. How do you ask? Snack. You want the snack? Yeah. Okay. Can you say pretty please? Pretty please, Dad. Pretty please, Dad. Good job. Who's your favorite? Daddy. Okay, I'll go get you a snack. So those are two drastically different images. That, is the, that captures in some ways the radical difference between what Jesus was teaching and what the Israelites had experienced in their religion up until this point. And the question is, what changed? What changed so monumentally that allowed people to go from approaching God as this removed king in a throne room, that they were unworthy to even be in his presence without fear of being killed, without following all these regulations of washings and cleanings and sacrifices to talking to him and calling him dad and expecting him to respond the same way that a parent would respond to a little child. What's happened is that the veil has been torn. And what I mean by that is that in the, in the temple, between the throne room of God and the rest of the people was a veil. And when Jesus Christ died on the cross, read the scripture, the veil ripped. And it was symbolic of, of a barrier of hostility that was torn down. Between God in heaven and us and the adoption that we received as sons and daughters of God. That we can approach Him now because of what Jesus has done. And then when He looks upon you and when He looks upon me, no matter who we are, no matter what we've done in our past, no matter what our socioeconomic status is, no matter the color of our skin, no matter our gender no matter what, that in Jesus Christ, our Father in heaven sees His beloved Son when He looks upon you. And so this opens up an incredibly new dimension of prayer, and it transforms the way in which we speak to our Dad in heaven. Hebrews chapter 4, verses 16 says it like this, as Hebrews kind of talks about this. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of God, that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in times of need. In other words, in the past, we were not able, we didn't have access in the same way that we have now, to go and to approach it. And the argument that is being used here is what's called a lesser to greater argument. You'll notice that he says, if you then who are evil, not going to get all into that, but The basic message of the Bible and of God is that we are broken people, that we are sinful. And this is reflected in our nature, in our families, in our communities, in our institutions. And he says that even though that is the case, if you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children. Which one of you out there, if your child or even a child asked for bread, would give a stone? Here you go. Here's your stone. Which one of you, if they asked for a fish, would give a serpent? No one. And so the argument from Lester is, is that if we, as broken parents, and I'm going to hesitate to go into all the ways in which I'm a broken parent and how I fail because um, my wife is watching this too. But let me just tell you, I fail as a parent all the time, but I desire and love to give my children good things. And so if I, as broken as I am, can desire and love and want to give good things to my children, how much more can our Father in heaven? Even though human parents are sinful, we generally know how to meet our children's basic needs. Our Father in heaven is perfect. And in Jesus Christ, he loves you completely and dearly. Ask, knock, seek, go to your heavenly Father. I was recently um, talking to one of our church members on a Zoom meeting. And um, as we were talking, we shared some prayer requests. And one of the things they said they were struggling with is that they were struggling with loneliness. That right now with everything going on, that um, they're a type of person that likes to hug and to be out there and to be in the presence of others. And they said, and with tears in their eyes, if, if, if we could just pray for her uh, as she was struggling with us. She asked for prayers that she would continue to lean on God. And, um, and she didn't know what the sermon topic was for this Sunday. But she said to, that she needs us to pray for her, that she would remember, to just remember, to ask for help from him. And she said, all I have to do is ask. And he will be there. When I ask, he does help. And then we got off the call, we prayed together. And then um, that person sent me a message over and said, I just want you to know, I just had a phone call from one of my friends called to check in on me after that prayer. And in 20 minutes is about to come by and give me a hug. There are no exceptions. Everyone who asks, receives. He is our Father in heaven. Um, he knows what is good for us the same way that we know what is good for our children. And he will respond to what your heart is aching for, what you desire and what you need. He will respond with goodness. Now, this pandemic that's going on and everything that's happening right now, I know that at least I sometimes feel this way, asking God, how long do we have to to wait? And it reminded me of this other passage in Isaiah, and I'm going to go there now, that, that has the same imagery that is in our passage today. And it's the imagery of a parent caring for his children, caring for their children. And it starts out in this way. Um, This is Isaiah chapter 49, and I'm going to begin with verses 13 through 14. It says this, Zion, uh, excuse me, sing for joy, O heavens, and exalt O earth. Break forth, O mountains, into singing, for the Lord has comforted his people and will have compassion on these afflicted. Now, just a little background. This is from um, from the book of Isaiah, and the prophet is basically saying that God is promising that should, he's saying you should sing for joy and exult because God is going to comfort his people. He's going to have compassion on the afflicted. And this is how Israel responds because they are in a period of mourning. They're in a period of exile and not knowing what is going to happen next. And so they respond to God saying, be comforted by saying this, the Lord has forsaken me. My Lord has forgotten me. And sometimes we feel like that. When we are in these different seasons, when we are in these dry places, when we are in these difficult times, it can feel like, why should I pray right now? Why should I call out to God? Why should I ask? Why should I knock? Why should I seek? Things are abysmal right now. He has forgotten. And then this is how God responds in verses 15 through 16. Can a woman forget her nursing child, that she should have no compassion on the son of her womb? Even these may forget, yet I will not forget you. Behold, I have engraved you on the palm of my hands. So the same imagery again. Our Father in heaven can no more forget you than a mom nursing her child. Our names are engraved upon his hands. What he said over 2,700 years ago in Isaiah is true today, and he proved it to us. He proved it to us through the hands of Jesus Christ, who received nails into his hands as he was pierced and torn for us, that he died for you. And whether you are a Christian, a believer who's watching this, whether you're one of our congregation, or you're someone who stumbled across this and you're watching it right now, hear this. Jesus Christ has died for you. Respond. Come home to your Father in heaven. He loves you desperately he loves you so much that he's died for you your name is engraved upon his hands knock seek ask your heavenly father is in love with you and he wants to give you good gifts all you have to do is ask let us pray Our Father in heaven, we thank you for your word this morning. We thank you for this reminder that we desperately need, that we are your children and that you are our dad in heaven. And Father, we pray to you now and ask that you would pour out your blessing upon us as your congregation, that you would pour out your blessing upon anyone who might be listening now, that we would turn to you, that we would let our needs be known and that we would rejoice in the privileges that we have through Jesus to be sons and daughters of the Most High. We pray these things in Jesus' name, our Lord and Savior. Amen and amen. Um, At this point in the service, we're going to profess our faith. The beginning of our service, we confess the places that we fall short. And then as we move on, At this part, usually when we gather together, we we profess our faith. We positively say what it is that we believe. And our question today, this is from a catechism. A catechism is basically a teaching thing. And if if you're at home and you want to do some worship things with your, your family, a catechism is a great way to do some of that. But the question today comes from the Heidelberg Catechism, question number 120. And the question, I'm going to read the question, And then you at home and us together, we're going to say this part together, okay? As part of us being a community as one together. And the question is, why did Christ command us to call God our Father? Why did Jesus say, you should call God Father? And the answer, let's say it together, to awaken in us at the very beginning of our prayer what should be basic to our prayer a childlike reverence and trust that through Christ, God has become our father. And that just as our parents do not refuse us the things of this life, even less will God, our father refuse to give us what we ask in faith. Now, It would be one of the other things that we do together when we gather together is is pray through the Psalms. And I would be remiss after preaching an entire sermon about prayer, doing a profession of faith about prayer to just skip over what we usually do. And for those of you joining us, we, we pray through the Psalms. The Psalms are the hymn book of the Bible, the prayer book of the Bible. It is a way in which to orient our hearts and our minds towards language that expresses to God how we are feeling and and it helps train us to pray. And so we're going to pray this together a lot like we did earlier with the, uh, the prayer of, of lament, where the bold parts are going to be the parts that we read together. And this prayer is from Psalm 55, some, some of the verses that are that are there in there. So let's pray this part together. Give ear to my prayer, O God, and hide not yourself from my plea for mercy. Attend to me and answer me. I am restless in my complaint, and I moan. My heart is in anguish within me. The terrors of death have fallen upon me. Fear and trembling come upon me, and horror overwhelms me. Evening and moon, and at noon I utter my complaint and moan, and he hears my voice. He redeems my soul in safety from the battle that I wage, for many are arrayed against me. Cast your burden on the Lord, and he will sustain you. Amen and amen friends thank you so much for gathering with me this morning Um, we're looking forward to to next week when we gather again Uh, we continue in the next passage uh, the golden rule with pastor tommy and as we finish this time together i just want to remind you once again that on monday will be a day of lament prayer and fasting There will be links to to help guide you. If you need more information, again, don't hesitate to contact me. Don't think, oh, he's, he's so busy right now. Don't hesitate to contact your pastors. We are here for you. We love you deeply. Now, as you go forward from here, may the blessing of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit be on us all as dear children of God. Amen and amen. Thank you.